to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Ashley. In this week's episode, we'll be interviewing Britt Andrews. Her series include Emerald Lakes, Diamond Dreams, and the upcoming novel Lost in Sleepy Hollow. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. Thank you so much for joining us, Britt. We're so happy to finally have you on the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate how supportive you are of the show. I know you and Ash talk all the time over Instagram, so we're really happy we can finally have you on. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's going to be so fun. I can't wait. I listened to the episode last week and I was laughing the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Did you have any thoughts on the episode that you wanted to share? I loved the Kevin Creekman discussion. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah Um, and Sam can attest to my love for Kevin Creekman. Well, the man is just fine. Like, grade A quality fine. Oh, and that accent, too. I know, he's German. If Gotta Ashley could here. spend a whole podcast episode talking about Kevin Creekman, she would. <laughs> Do like half of the show for his left butt cheek and half for the right. Oh my god, it's so perfect. <laughs> so I guess we can just jump right into it. Um, but um, how long was Emerald Lakes a concept before you actually started writing and bringing it to life? Well, it was not. <laughs> It it was not at all. Um, my start into writing was spur of the moment. Um, and I seriously sat in my bed on my laptop one night and I was like, I want to write a book about a green witch. And that's that's what started it. And that was it. Wow. And you just kind of like went from there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I still, like, I, I look at my books sitting right here on my shelf, and I don't know how the hell they ended up there, honestly. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I started, well, I guess I should say, like, before I started writing, um, I've always been a, a really big reader, um, and I was devouring all of the reverse hair and books I could get my hands on. So I knew like what I liked as a reader and what I didn't like and what I wanted to accomplish, so to speak, like with my characters. Yeah. And then you just kind of went from there with everything. That's like crazy impressive. (laughs) Yeah. I, it's, it's still like so surreal to me that I actually did it and that everything just kind of like cut, like came together and still continues to come together and. I mean, at this point now, the characters are so well-developed that it just flows. So it's awesome. Yeah, it is. That has to be, like, feel so good to be at that point where it's just a natural thing for you. Yeah, I mean, I sit down to write and it's like, I just sink right into who's at, whoever's POV I'm writing. Like, just like second nature. So some of the other authors that we've talked to have said that, like, they don't decide 
what happens with their characters. The characters make those decisions and they just write it down. Do you feel like that with the characters in Emerald Lakes? Absolutely. Um, I heard someone say something once, like they were talking about, you know, trying to get better at outlining your novel and, you know, plotting things out in advance. I am not that kind of person. So, um, you know, but then she also said, like, characters drive the plot. And that resonated with me so strongly because I was like, these things wouldn't be happening, like, organically or naturally if I didn't write what comes to mind when it comes to mind. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, um, I just I just let them run the show and I just write it down. (laughs) I just like these are always my favorite questions to ask authors, especially indie authors, because you can really just kind of go in whatever direction that you want to go with things. And I think that that's so great compared to like traditional publishing. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of do whatever you want. And I like that freedom. (laughs) Yeah, and then I think it's cool because, like, you know, obviously, like, you still have deadlines you have to meet, but you can be a little bit more flexible just, like, in terms of, like, writing, I guess, on your your timeline. Like, if you want to, like, move up a release, you can do that. Right. I mean, I've been lucky enough to find an amazing editor and proofreader who are flexible with me on they're like well when do you think I'm like I don't know (laughs) I don't know I mean I like my goal I always set my pre-order like three months out but I'm always aiming just to get it done as soon as I can so Mm -hmm. I mean and that can be difficult in this industry because everybody's running on you know deadlines and timelines and that's always been something I struggle with, like, not just with my writing career, but in my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> I love you the know. realism of this. <laughs> like, this is just, this is who I am. I I know who I am. I accept that. So luckily I have some awesome people in my corner who accept me the way I am. That's great. And I think that that kind of flows into my next question. Like, what is your writing process? Like, do you have, you know, designated time that you set aside each day to write? Or do you have any, like, rituals that you follow for (laughs) writing time? Like, do you have, like, a cup of coffee? Do you have word goals? So I do have, um, there's a website that I use that I can create uh, different projects in. So at the very beginning, when I start writing a book... I'll, you know, put in the magic of eternity, put like 80,000 words as my goal. It always ends up way over that. Um, <laughs> and then I just set, set it like I want to finish the book by this date. And then the website automatically generates, okay, if you want to do this, then you have to do these many words every day to reach your goal. So that kind of helps keep me um, on track. So... Now that I'm writing full time, I try to write every day. The weekends are kind of a. Am I allowed to cuss on here? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very much so. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the weekends are kind of a shit show at my house. Uh, I, have three, I have three little kids uh, who are obsessed with me, so I never get, you know, time to sit behind a computer or, you know, do any kind of work like that. So. Um, during the week I'm writing, my husband takes the kids to daycare 
And yeah, I mean, I just, I have more to do than just writing. That's like one of the things about being an indie author. There's so many things that go into it. It's not just sitting down and writing a book. Um, but yeah, I try to meet that, that specific word count goal every day. Because if I stay on top of it, it doesn't get overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like when, you know, you have a goal of 80,000 words, like that definitely seems overwhelming when you're sitting in front of a blank document. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and at first, um, I was still working 30 hours a week at my day job. And I had been furloughed thanks to COVID. So that's what prompted me to do all of this. And I was, you know, the, the schools were closed, the daycares were closed, so the kids were home all day. So I was staying up until 2, 3 in the morning writing Discovery, not knowing what the hell I'm doing because I'd never done it before. But yeah. I just knew, like, I don't think I'm ever going to get this chance to just do whatever the hell I want because I want to. So I took it, you know? I was like... I got to get this done. I got to get these words out. So that's what I did. That's awesome. I didn't know that like, you know, you were furloughed and that's like kind of how all of this started, which I, I feel like for a lot of authors, like COVID has been such a big, you know, kind of that big spurring factor that really like pushed people to try writing a book. So that's so yeah. neat. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it, in the end, it ended up being kind of like a blessing in disguise for me. Uh, so, yeah, um, you asked about outlining, and I've gotten better with it. But what, honestly, when I sat down to write Discovery, it was total winging it. Like, blank document. <laughs> just, let's just see where this ends up. Um, and someone advised, like, you know, why don't you just, like, try to write a scene that's in your head and see how that goes to start out? I'm like, okay. So I wrote the lake scene with Sage and Cam. That was the first <laughs> scene for the book that I ever wrote. Hmm. And it didn't end up, you know, going into a book until book two. Um, I didn't write, like, all the sex and stuff, but, like, I knew he was going to have this, like, traumatic past and the tattoo on his back and they were going to be in this rainstorm and that's what that's where it started that's like so cool i i like this is always my favorite part when we interview an author just like because everyone is so different in how their brain works and like where they kind of go with things um and you know as as a parent like do you ever worry about your children finding out about the types of books that you write or like is your family aware of the type of books that you write my kids at this point are still very young so it's kind of a little like out of sight out of mind um yeah but i hope to raise my kids in a very like sex accepted environment I guess I don't know what you want to call it like I mean I'm yeah not like gonna... sex like a sex positive family yes. that's totally my goal yeah because I did not grow up that way at all um so that's something like I just want everybody to be able to be open and if 
you want to talk about something, we can talk about it. It's not a big deal. Everybody has sex. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's normal to have these feelings. Right. I mean, maybe I won't let them... Well, they're probably going to get curious, but I was like, maybe I'll just, like, not let them read it till they're 30. (laughs) (laughs) How you have, like, a concrete age. Yeah, not till you're 30. Not till you're 30. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, um, you know, my, at first when I started this whole thing, I was like, everyone's like, what are you going to tell people? Are you going to tell people? And I was like, no, there's no way, because I knew I was going to write some fucked up shit. (laughs) And I was like, this, this, uh, won't jive. I mean, I live in Amish country, so (laughs) I, and then after I started writing it, I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like I wrote a whole book. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of myself for what I accomplished. And Mm -hmm. if the people in my life can't get behind that and support me, then what are they doing? Yeah, and it's not like you're, like, forcing them to read it, so... No, no. Um, and actually, everybody has been incredibly supportive. Like, my mom is, like, super proud, and she's, like, bragging to all of her uh, housekeeping clients about me. Oh, that's so awesome! <laughs> yeah, she'll, she, like, cleans for all these old ladies. She'll be like, oh, I told Bernita about your book today, how it hit the top 100, and... <laughs> And she said she wanted to read it, but I told her it might be a little too spicy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I don't know. They read like Nora Roberts like back in the day, Danielle Steele. This is true. You never know. I mean, but did Danielle Steele have a bram? <laughs> I don't think Danielle Steele wrote about nodding at all. <laughs> Um, it's actually Not, it wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because my father-in-law, my seventy-four-year-old father-in-law, has read everything I've written. Oh, good for him. <laughs> uh, thanks to COVID, I haven't had to see him since <laughs> because they live in Holland. Uh, so when I first found out that he had read the book. I was mortified. I was like, he did what? <laughs> He's my husband's like, because he had just gotten off the phone with him. He's, I was like, well, what did he say? He's like, oh, you know, he was like, it's quite a bit of sex. Kind of takes away from the plot. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, he had. But he still reads it. I'm like, can I just like mark out, like black out the sections that I don't want him to read? <laughs> Tell him page numbers he needs to skip. Yeah. And my husband's like, he's not going to skip anything. Like, he was an English teacher. He owns like hundreds and hundreds of paperback books in his house. So I'm not really surprised. <laughs> That's so cute, though. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it is nice to have the support because I know a lot of authors, like, in this community don't have that. So. Yeah, I think I've talked to quite a few people who are like, if my parents found out what I write, like, they would be so disappointed in me. And I feel like that's so terrible. It is. It really is. I mean, that's like, I'm a firm believer in if you want to do something, just fucking do it. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, oftentimes the only thing holding you back is you. So get out of your own way and make it happen. 
That's how this podcast was born. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were just kind of like, oh, we're going to do this podcast. And that. we did it. <laughs> yep. That's, I mean, that's honestly how everybody's story starts. It's just one day I just did it. Wow, we're like so positive and uplifting tonight. See, Sam, my earlier cynicism has faded away. Glass is half full now. So I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, so I have to ask, Britt, does Sage mirror you in any way? Like when you were writing her character, are there any aspects of yourself that you, you know, wrote into her? Because um, she's one of my favorite female main characters of all time. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, I feel like Sage is me. <laughs> like, I, I put a lot of myself into her character. And maybe it's just because she's the first character I've ever written. But I just felt very connected to her. Um, you know, like, her internal thoughts and stuff. That's exactly how my brain operates. And it's always, like, ridiculous things that, that go through my head. And I just put those on the paper when I was writing it. Um, you know, also, like, her past um, with abuse and, you know, struggling with body image and learning to love herself. That's that's all stuff that, you know, made me who I am. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think that that helps, like, make her so authentic because, like, she's just so relatable for me and, like, I'm sure that you feel the same way, Sam. Mm-hmm, absolutely. We love, like, so much about Sage, but I think the thing that Ashley and I love most is that we are both not tiny women. So <laughs> yeah. the fact right. that Sage is a full-bodied female main character is so wonderful. Yeah, I mean, that was something when I was doing all of my reading, you know, over the course of my life. It's not something you see enough of, and I wanted to, I wanted to change that. For people who, you know, everybody has their struggles and sometimes we just need, like, a book where we can escape to. But I feel like Sage gives readers that, like, yes, I'm reading a fictional book. Yes, this is, like, a fantasy reality. But she gives that little bit of, like, zest where it's like, I could be her. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want. That's what I want readers to feel when they're reading. You were definitely successful in that because I felt that way throughout, you know, the series so far, like many, many times. That makes me so happy. Uh, someone in the Discord group earlier, or maybe it was yesterday, posted they got like a, a fun pair of glasses and they're like, you know, Emerald Lakes made me, made me feel bold enough to get something that I want and maybe not something that society says I should want. And I was like, you know what? Aww. That is freaking awesome. I love that. Yeah, it's like is awesome. an author. That's like true success right there, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly the best feeling. I love it. Um, so I love the concept of Ferris and Fisher being the same person. I was like so blown away with that. Like, not like the same person, but you know what I mean? Like being twins and ferris being trapped in fisher's body like how did you come up with that or like how did you feel when you first came up with it so that's a really fun story because i didn't know about ferris until i was writing betrayal and i was writing the scene after sage and fisher have their first date and they're about to get intimate and 
I don't know. I just struggled. Like that, that event spans over two chapters. It was, it was quite the sex scene, but I struggled writing it for like three days because I felt like Fisher just kept fighting me on it. And I, I was like, something isn't right here. You know, I'm telling my alpha readers, you know, I don't know what is going on here. They're like, it's fine. I'm like, it is not fine. Something's off. So the next night I sat down and I started writing uh, the chapter from Fisher's point of view. And I I forget exactly what the line was, but it's like the first line that, that Ferris speaks in his head. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> Because he wasn't, he wasn't a thing. Like, he wasn't even a thought. Like, it, on, he honestly was born with no thought, like, no conscious thought. The characters telling you what they need yet again. Yeah, I mean, because I, I had Fisher, you know, having this, like, darkness in him. And, and then I was like, I don't know, Ferris just, like, showed up. And then I knew how I was going to end book two. Um... And then I was like, huh, what if I split them? I was like, that that would be freaking awesome. <laughs> so it was funny because when I wrote that scene and uh, Ferris first showed up, I messaged my content editor and I was like, Cassie, something just happened. I wrote I wrote like a, I wrote the whole thing with Ferris being in, in his head. And I was like, I don't know if I like it or not. Like, I don't, I just don't know where it came from. <laughs> you just read it. And she was like, holy shit. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That birthed my like favorite character. Uh, one of my favorite characters probably of all time. So I'm like, I'm super <laughs> appreciative of that. Yeah. He, and it was I funny. Thought... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I thought the conflict that Fisher was going through in the new book of like, realizing that yes ferris was part of his dark side but that he still has darkness inside of him even though ferris has taken on his own like body now i thought that was really interesting because it felt like fisher in the past was kind of blaming all of his darkness and dark urges on ferris but now he's kind of grappling with the fact that he still has darkness inside of him even without ferris yeah and like where does that leave him it's like a total identity crisis, and I love it. <laughs> it's so fun to write. <laughs> um, it, and it, like I was going to say, um, I had intended on Ferris being much darker than he ended up being, because he ended up being like, uh, I don't even know how to describe Ferris. He's, he's so funny. <laughs> he's so funny, and he's also like completely unhinged and just weird and (laughs) so when he didn't end up being as dark as I had anticipated I'm like well where does that leave Fisher because clearly the darkness wasn't all coming from Ferris he's just a boy who loves to eat raw ramen noodles (laughs) (laughs) that scene was so funny and just like him and Bram that takes me to my next question oh lord (laughs) the cave this is probably like one of my most uh, like just one of my favorite scenes I've ever read and um I'm actually going to be doing a guest spot on a friend's podcast where I'm I'm probably going to end up talking about the cave scene oh god (laughs) um so how was writing that 
And are you inspired by (laughs) male male porn at all? Well, um, the cave scene. Yeah, like I, I didn't plan that. That wasn't something that was plotted out, especially the part with Sloane and Ferris, like going at each other the way they did. Um, (laughs) But I knew like, I was like typing it. I'm like, oh my God, there's sexual tension here. It just keeps building. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm definitely inspired by MM porn. Like, good lord. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's so, there's just something so sexy to me about men who are confident in their sexuality. And I just like the dynamic of, I agree. Here for it. And I think that that's like, I didn't know about that part of myself until I started reading reverse harems that had mm-hmm. like, yes. you know, male, male, like sexual kind of like side plots going on because like, you yeah. know, like male, male, female or male, female, male is like fine. But like, I love those like male, male interactions without the female main character too. So... Yeah. Just uh, kudos to you for such a good scene. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I do like that scene turned out really well. And it's always funny because after you send out your arc copies, I never know like which parts of the book people are going to like, like the most. And so when everybody was like, the cave, the cave, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was hot, but oh yeah. my god, the the scene with Kai and Cam and Sage at the lake at the end was like, I wrote that and I was like, Brittany, you think you got some problems, girl? <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about uh, your new book that you announced, Lost in Sleepy Hollow? Yeah, so that... Um, First of all, Sleepy Hollow has been, like, one of my obsessions since I was a kid. So, as soon as I started writing Emerald Lakes, I was like, you know what? I really, really want to do a reverse harem Sleepy Hollow retelling. And it's happening. So, basically, the general premises is there's a, a witch and she performs a spell that's supposed to just be like a basic simple spell but she wakes up in sleepy hollow in the late 1700s oh (laughs) yeah um and instead of there being one horseman there are four so there's going to be a priest there will be a magistrate there will be a headmaster which is Ichabod Crane, of course. And of course. And then there'll be like your bad boy like Brom from the the book. Ooh. I'm excited. Have you been to Sleepy Hollow, New York? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about it with Ash before we started recording and I was telling her that uh, I went and visited with a friend so that we could walk around the cemetery and see everything. It's gorgeous. And some of the graves are so old. Like, it's a very historic cemetery. I would love to visit it. I love doing that kind of stuff. I have a friend who lives in uh, Rhode Island. And I went 
we visited her a couple years ago and we went to a couple of like old cemeteries like that it's just it's so like eerie and also like humbling to be Mm -hmm. in a setting like that so yeah i would love to go one day and i really want to go to salem oh salem's Uh, cool yeah, Salem's beautiful. Apparently, Sleepy Hollow goes all out for Halloween. So if you're going to visit and do the whole tourist thing. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, does anyone want to read my filthy? <laughs> what you could do is like leave copies of your book around and like be like, hey. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, good. I, I'm very excited to read it. I love, like, a nice, like, spooky read. Yeah, and I'm, like, so in love with the cover. I feel like the artist did an awesome job with it. Oh, it's so good. All right. This is my favorite question to ask everyone. Um, can you build your dream harem for us? And it can be any characters. It could be celebrities. Anyone you want. Okay, so I wrote these down because I had to think. Um, so all of these are book, <laughs> all of these are book boyfriends. <laughs> um, Kaz from Sainthood, like okay, obsessed. Um, Doctor Underwood from Rook's Grave. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shadow from Steel Demons, and let's see who else we have. Jai from The Herrick Chronicles. And Leon and his brother Rory from Dark Fay and Darkmoor Penitentiary. <laughs> I love Leon so much. I, that is like yeah, I am a Mindy, uh, total Mindy, total Mindy. <laughs> I will be his. Mindy I love like anytime. all the love. <laughs> I feel like the sisters just get so much love and appreciation from everyone for their characters. Yeah, and. Um, so it's funny because when I was a reader, I picked up, uh, the V games by Caroline and I was reading it. I was like, this is messed up, but I love it. And it was like one of the first books I read on Kindle Unlimited. Um, so I ended up joining, joining her reader group and then her and Suzanne started writing together. And then I beta read for them for a bit, um, before they before they did Zodiac Academy and everything went wild. But yeah, they're definitely very inspiring to me and I love those two so much. Yeah, Sam and I love them as well. They're hilarious. It's nice a talk quality harem. It is. I could talk all day about how much I love Leon. <laughs> the the Ruthless Boys of the Zodiac is just like top tier reverse harem content. Yes. Um, I still have not read the last book because I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I have such you never a, want to say goodbye no like I have such a problem with that like not just with books but also with TV series um, I feel like Lost fucked me up and I will never get over it no. and <laughs> now I'm like I don't trust any bitches with the ending of anything <laughs> trust no bitches trust no bitches so. I feel like Lost was a huge disappointment for so many people. Oh my god, it's been so many years, and I am still pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they need to revisit that. Uh, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> and my last question, 
kind of goes with our previous question, but what are some of your favorite series and authors? Okay, so my first reverse harem I ever read was Elizabeth and Her Dragons by Ava Mason. Um, I didn't even know that reverse harem was a thing, and I got like a sponsored ad on my, fa- on my Facebook uh-huh. feed, and it said something about like, well, we'll share you. And I was like, we'll do what now? <laughs> <laughs> And it's so funny because I, I talk to Ava a lot uh, or frequently and um, I tell her that all the time. I'm like, you know, this is really all your fault. Um, but yeah, that's a great series. I love her. Um, my other, I think, favorite reverse harem is The Herrick Chronicles by Laurel Chase. If you guys haven't read that, like, you would love it. Um, yeah, we I don't haven't think read that. Us. It, do- yeah, it honestly like it. doesn't get the recognition or the hype that it deserves because it is so good, and it's a complete seven book series. Like who doesn't want, who doesn't want that, right? <laughs> it's just it's yeah. Give me all awesome. the long series. I think if I think if you guys like Emerald Lakes, you would love the Hair Chronicles. Um, I love Catherine Moon. She's my girl my homie um i love everything she writes i also um really love maya nicole's work and rory miles um yeah uh crystal ash her steel demon series is i love that so much Mm -hmm. and it's interesting when you become an author because i mean you get to know these people too so it's it's just cool i love it yeah, and like I said, like everyone's just so supportive in this community, like whether it's yes. like the authors and Yeah, for sure. Um like before I started writing I exclusively read Reverse Harem. But now that I'm writing Reverse Harem, I'm finding that I'm branching out more into like MF, MM. Um mm-hmm. so an, an author who I discovered recently she's not a new author but she is to me her name's ella james and oh my god i was so impressed with her books i messaged her immediately immediately on instagram and i'm like oh god she has like tens of thousands of followers i'm never going to hear from her uh she is the nicest woman i've ever talked to uh (laughs) just so like supportive and nice and you know just super cool and her writing is like so twisty turny and just really plot heavy but also super sexy and like devastating and just gives you all the feels i love it i feel like every author we've had on has been like such a huge fan of Catherine moon and we are also huge fans of Catherine moon <laughs> yeah just speaks to how awesome she is she is uh we only live a couple hours away from each other so last month uh she came to, to the town that i live in for like a knitters convention it was so that's amazing <laughs> um i'm like well i don't knit anything but i'm coming so we went out to lunch and then we went down to the fairgrounds and she like ended up running this woman's cash register behind her booth <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just standing there like what is happening 
And I feel like, too, like, Catherine Moon is such a big deal to people like us. But, like, she's at this knitters convention where nobody, like, knows her, I'm sure. Yeah, she's, like, at this knitters convention wearing this, like, freaking knitted shawl that she made. I'm like, who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't she also make candles, too? Yeah, yeah. she's a freaking boss. I love her. God, some people just really get get all the talent. I know. <laughs> I know. You're not wrong. She's just so sweet and, like, genuine. Um, like, I had to bring my two-year-old with me when I met up with her, and she was just, like, just so fun with my daughter, and she's just a good person. I'm jealous that your two-year-old met Catherine Moon. Right? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't impressed, though. She, like, was giving her the evil eye the whole time, but Catherine was not to be, like, dissuade. Like, she, she just kept going, trying to win her over. Sam met my two-year-old yesterday and like my child loved her oh that's so cute I love that we're best friends now perfect she can come sleep over right I don't don't know Sam (laughs) do you want do you want Emmy to come sleep over my house is not Emmy proofed who knows what she's gonna get into over here every mom needs a break right <laughs> my child is going to the ocean for a week with my parents at the oh. end of the month and I am living for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Use your time I say that wisely. now, but at the middle of the week I'm gonna cry. Oh yeah, we'll miss her for sure. You know I'll come over and keep you company. Yeah, we're gonna swim in my pool. It'll be fun. Oh my gosh. Alright, I guess it's my turn to start asking questions. Okay. Okay, so my first question, uh, you infuse quite a bit of comic relief into your books uh, through many different characters. Are there people in your life who have inspired any of these characters? And do you find yourself using humor to cope with difficult situations in your life? Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> that was deep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. this is, these are the Sam type of questions. Okay, all right. We're going to get real. So that's fine. Um yeah, so as far as characters being inspired by real-life people, I have a great aunt who is the inspiration for Brian. Yes! Yes, she is, <laughs> like, we, she's just everything. Like, she's 70, I think she's 75 now. And she is just, like, so brash and just... You never know what's going to come out come out of her mouth, but it's, like, always mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, I grew up, um, like, spending summers at her house, and we'd, like, watch the Golden Girls every night. And, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like she was a very big role model for me, and, you know, her humor, I think, rubbed off on me as well. Um, mm-hmm. So... I, I just like to laugh a lot. Like, that's just who I am. My brother's the same way. I have a younger brother. And we, like, can't even be in the same room as each other. If something <laughs> serious is going on, because it won't stay serious for long. Um, but yeah, I definitely use humor to cope uh, with difficult situations. Because I feel like, um, you know, I've been I've been through stuff the same as everybody else has. And... I think if I didn't have humor or the ability to try to stay positive, um, they probably would have broke me a long time ago. So, 
That's mm-hmm. how I that's how I survive. We all have our own coping mechanisms, that's for sure. True. True. And I'd rather it be humor than like drugs. <laughs> you know something <laughs> something. <laughs> gambling or yeah humor and eating are probably my big ones same (laughs) uh i would say disassociation through reading (laughs) yeah that too oh god that's the best one i'll just lose myself for a little while yeah i feel like writing for me is also how we survived covid yeah it's just been therapeutic too you're not wrong oh definitely Mm. although I should probably benefit from some actual therapy, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So this was this next question was inspired by a friend of the show, Grace McGinty, because a lot of Grace's works have ended up kind of all being within the same universe. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, because we know the next book is going to be the completion of the Emerald Lake series, Mm -hmm. but you've already created this whole universe. So would you consider writing more books that take place in that same universe? So I currently have a pre-order up for a book that is called Demons in My Bed, and that is set in the same world as Emerald Lakes. Oh. You guys didn't know that? No. <laughs> this is news well, to me. Well, so I we knew about Demons in My Bed, but we didn't know that it was set in the same universe. Yeah, so here's here is the details on that. Um, in, what book was it? When the guys are taken, it was revenge. When they're in Azrael's uh, castle, you meet Palmer. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be the female main character of Demons in My Bed. Oh. Ah. Yes. That would be awesome. Yeah, so she, like, she mentions in Revenge that she's going on a mission and it's going to be, you know, undercover and she's going to Port Black. That's the city that is overrun by the exiled, which is, you know, the demon game. I'm very excited because I love books that all take place in, like, the same, like, universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a fun one to write. I'm excited for it. It'll probably be, like, right now it's scheduled to come out at the end of October, but since I'm doing Sleepy Hollow, it's going to be bumped back to, like, the end of the year. But it'll be worth it. Uh, I'm super pumped about that. Yeah, and Sleepy Hollow will tide us over. Yes. <laughs> and I've already started writing it, so I can't wait to get that one out there. It's so creepy. <laughs> I love so, creepy. Other than Palmer series, would you consider doing anything else, like with any, um, like a side story with Cole or doing anything with any of the other side characters we've been introduced to? Uh, yes, there will be. Um, there's one other one. A Randy Roger book? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said I should do a Randy Roger cookbook, and I died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I have plans for one other series at this point that um, is also in the Emerald Lakes universe. Uh, but that's all you're getting from me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> A little mysterious. teaser there. Yeah, it's very mysterious. 
So I guess you kind of already answered this question uh, when you answered Ash about not really planning Emerald Lakes in advance, but I know that you've previously mentioned that writing is your full-time job now. Did you always want to be a writer? Um, I've always enjoyed it. Like, um, when I was in high school, I did, like, some competitive writing uh, with my school, but, um, no, I mean, no, I I never, I never thought (laughs) it would, uh, end up like this so i have to ask were you in ffa no (laughs) okay when you said like amish country and competitive writing i was like (laughs) well there we did have ffa speech writing or something yeah i didn't um the competitive writing team i was on was called power of the pen Ooh. yes um so i started i did that in junior high and a little bit in high school it's been so long ago now but we did have ffa but i didn't fuck with that (laughs) (laughs) i did and i had never been around farm animals (laughs) so that was interesting oh yeah um in napoleon dynamite when he tastes the milk that's what i did was dairy foods (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was me no oh my god future farmer of america ashley (laughs) Look at her now. <laughs> Look at me now. Smutting spice. No cows and onion patches over here. <laughs> oh my gosh. My cheeks hurt from, from smiling. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad that we could do this for you. Yes. I, I don't get out much these days, so... <laughs> Yeah, with COVID and, like, young kids and you work, like, from home. Yeah. I mean, working from home would be, like, the ideal for me. It's been a big adjustment. Just never leave my sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's perks to it. There's also, like, days where I feel like, I'm like, when did I leave the house last? You know, it's just... (laughs) I have to put on real clothes? I know, like, I never wear a bra. And I don't want to. Honestly, that's the life. Yes. <laughs> oh, one last question from me, and then we jump into fan questions. Okay. So, last question. How do you find a balance in marketing yourself on social media? Because I know you have a TikTok, you have your Facebook group, you have the Discord server. Mm-hmm. How do you strike that balance between, like, garnering interest and, like, annoying everyone? <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a uh, fine line to walk. Um, so I do have a street team, but I maybe ask them to post something once a week and it's usually like, you know, cover reveal or, you know, countdown graphics or something like that. Um, cause yeah, I don't want to be annoyed. Um, mm-hmm. TikTok, I freaking cause I can be as weird as I want to be and people can relate to that. <laughs> Yeah, and I think TikTok, like, you can be, like, as annoying as you want. Not, not saying that you're annoying, well, but, but I mean, like, you yes. can be, you know, post as many posts as you want. Yes, because it's, you know, it's not a guarantee that every person who follows you is going to see that on their timeline, like, versus Instagram, where you could see 50 of the same graphics in a row kind of thing. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, TikTok, the book talk community is just amazing. I've met so many cool people through that. I found a lot of readers that way. So I think TikTok, uh, for me anyway, has been like an awesome marketing tool. And I mean, the Discord is more like, I don't, I don't really do any promotion in my Discord at all. It's just hanging out and looking at naked dudes. And Oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually met uh, one of my Discord friends uh, this past week for the first time. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she lives in the Middle East and she came over here to visit. And we met up in Columbus, which is like an hour and a half away. And we went to a sex shop. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, my God. And she, she, uh, like, right up at the register, they had, like, all these little tubs of, like, the little pocket lube things that you, always, that you always read about in books. And I was like, oh, my God, I've always wanted to see these in person. <laughs> I Is didn't that one, know. like, Fisher's carrying yeah, around with him? yeah. I didn't know that those were, like, actually a thing. I know. I was, like, looking. I'm, like, look how cute these are. And then they had this, um, like, little tiny butt plug that, (laughs) um, it was, like, in, like, a cellophane wrapper. And I was, like, Elizabeth, look at this. Look how cute it is. She snatches it. She's, like, I'm buying this for her. That's what she tells the cashier, right? So I'm, like, what is happening? (laughs) So we get we get in the car I'm like you bought me a butt plug she's like well it's candy I was like no it is a real butt plug she's like she's like what let me look at this it says right on there like perfect for your first time there we go it was amazing I love it yeah we had such a blast but like that's the coolest thing for me with this. It's just like, you know, meeting all these cool people. It's just fun. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I think that that's one of my favorite things, too, is just like meeting and talking to people who also like the same things that we like. Yeah. And that's like, you know, what you said about that balance. Um, I'm a very open person and um, I try to be genuine. So I'm not always posting like book stuff. You know, there there will be personal stuff in there. Like, anything I decide to post, it's because, like, that is me. Like, I want to be... Like, I want you guys to feel like you're, like, my friend. Because that's how I feel like you are. Like, you know all these mm-hmm. things about me, and I want to know things about you, too. So, it's, it's a nice balance, I think. Absolutely. All right, Ash, you want to jump into our fan questions? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Our first question is from uh, Luna Ramirez, and she is one of my Instagram friends, and she's an aspiring author. Um, She wanted to say, can you just tell her I love Ferris best, especially since he wasn't planned? I feel like he's the best proudly queer male love interest I have ever read in a reverse harem. Hashtag Team Ferris. Oh my god. Thank you. Um... (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, I I love hearing that. Um, Ferris is just so unapologetically himself, and if he wants if he wants something, I think he's gonna have no problem just going after it. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I wish yeah, that's one of my favorite things. About I it. wish your friend uh, good luck with her writing because I know that's a a scary thing to just try to do, but just stick with it and yeah, and her- you'll 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 go far. You'll like it. Her series is also like you know. Uh, like a diverse like female main character and like a diverse harem so i'm really excited about it and i wish her all the best yeah that's awesome uh we really need more diversity in fiction in general but especially in reverse harem i feel there's just so many possibilities right (laughs) yeah and our next question is from jessica z on facebook um oh we've already kind of answered that one well, that one, I guess I will say f- uh, f- for the setting of the book, it was inspired by Stars Hollow in Gilmore Girls. Ooh, love that. Yes. Uh, I feel like I kind of um, took a lot from Gilmore Girls. Like, I just love that, like, the way Gilmore Girls makes you feel good. Like, you know, you can just grab a blanket and, like, cuddle up and watch Gilmore mm-hmm. Girls and... Um, I loved the small town dynamic. I loved that even the side characters were like memorable. You know, like you have Miss Patty. So uh, I feel like she kind of inspired the Sears in the book a little bit. <laughs> Did Kirk inspire anyone? Kirk, God. <laughs> <laughs> I love Kirk. Kirk is like Randy Roger in his young days. There you <laughs> in his go. Youth. In his youth. Kirk, yeah, Randy Rogers like a mix of the mayor and Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then Lauren C on Facebook wanted to know what are some of your favorite tropes to read, and what are some tropes slash subgenres that you hope to write in the future. Oh, favorite tropes. Um, I mean, I'm kind of all over the board, but you can see in my writing. There's a little bit of everything. Um, I really, I'm not big, I guess I, it's easier to say what I don't really connect with a lot. And I think that would be bold, like hardcore bully romance, just because past experiences. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there are bully romances I've enjoyed though, but, you know, I do like enemies to lovers, like kind of like Sloan and Sage. Um, I like that dynamic of like, you know, he really doesn't want her, but deep down he really does, kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, you know, stuff I hope to write in the future, um, I don't know, like, I, I'm kind of like, the next couple books I'm writing this year are going to be more dark, just because uh, Sleepy Hollow is a horror retelling, and then Demons of Port Black is, like, a demon gang, and that one's going to be like 50 shades darker than Emerald Lakes. <laughs> I'm excited to see that from you though. I mean, Emerald Lakes, like it has, you know, it's like sad, darker moments. Yeah. Like, it's a pretty funny, upbeat series. So yes. that's exciting. Yeah. Emerald Lakes has um, heavy content at times, I guess is how I would word it. But Port um, Black is it's going to be another beast entirely. So I'm excited. I want to, I want to see what I can do with dark romance. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
always good to challenge yourself. Yes. I'm sure it'll be great. Thank you. I hope so. Um, Alicia S. on Facebook wants to know, what's your favorite scene you've written? Oh, boy. Uh, does she mean, like, any scene? Or sex scene? I guess it could be any scene. Um, I really enjoyed writing, uh, oh, gosh. It has to be hard when, you know, you're a couple books in at this point and they're like your children and it's like, I know, oh, I know. what's your favorite child? Yeah, there's there's so many. Um, I guess I will say that I really enjoy writing the scenes uh, as Sloane's character develops more because I feel like he has the biggest emotional arc um, in the series, so... It's, it's been really cool to write his uh, transformation. Um, mm-hmm. I also thoroughly enjoyed the truth or dare scene. That was a good one. It was a good It was a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Juniper C on Facebook wants to know, how are you able to write, edit, market, and publish all so quickly? She said, three months between books is so short, which as a reader, she loves, but as an author, it intimidates her because she, feel like, she feels like she'd never be able to work or move that fast. Um, it's honestly witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Um, you heard it here first. Right? She does witchcraft. It's the dark arts. No, I'm just kidding. Um, there's several aspects to it, so... Something that has helped me tremendously is having a personal assistant. Um, right now I have a team. It's three of them. Jess, Kat, and Rebecca. And they're all like big indie author supporters. Um, so, so they like knew what was up when they, when they applied to my job posting. Um, I wouldn't be half as productive as I am if I didn't have them. Because... They're just so helpful. Like, they do the things like get my marketing stuff ready, uh, get my newsletter mm-hmm. ready every week. So all I have to do is, you know, write my personal note into it. They make my graphics for me now. They find me newsletter swaps. It's like so many um, useful little things that on their own don't take a lot of time. But when you have like 50 of those things that need done every week... <laughs> It gets time consuming. Um, yeah, and when you're also trying to write. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I honestly like have ADHD, and I would never um, be on a time friendly, like reader friendly timeline, if I didn't have help. So I'm very grateful uh, to those girls and how much they help me. Oh, that's like a nice little like shout out to them too. Well, they deserve it because. <laughs> They work hard, and it's always nice just to know that you have uh, support, like a supportive circle of people in your corner who, you know, they're like, how can I help? Like, they want to help you, and that is just awesome. So That's so nice. Yeah. So like I said earlier, I just, like, try to meet my word count goals every day. If I don't, it's not the end of the world. I just let it go and move on to the next day and try again (laughs) hey in life that's all you can do yeah for sure because uh right before destiny came out um 
my whole family got hit with this stomach bug in May. And my four-year-old, he, like, wasn't getting any better. So after, like, the third day of it, I had to uh, rush him to the hospital because he, like, went limp as a noodle. And, oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. So he got admitted to the hospital and was on, like, his blood sugar was down to, like, 40 when I got him there. It was it was terrifying. It was scary. Um, he's fine now. But, like, that completely threw everything off. And I was already um, behind because I had been working on catching Kaylin with Maya. So I got a little overambitious in my goals for... Um, writing destiny and I was just like so stressed out about it and in the end it all worked out um but life happens so if you can't get a book out when you say you're gonna get a book out that happens and people need to be understanding and I feel like for the most part yeah so for all those listeners that complain about you know when something is going to be released right remember (laughs) that things happen yeah and honestly to get a book done in three months and get it out like that's nuts. That's insane. It's crazy to me it that I have written uh, four books, four full books this year and one co-write already. It's been nine months, guys, since I published book one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. <laughs> I know. Like, when you look at it like that, it's like, um, <laughs> like, how could I possibly write any faster? <laughs> wild (laughs) i know it's it's very surreal to me um i'm forever grateful to everybody you know at first especially who took a risk on the new girl on the block who'd never written anything and just everyone just loved emma blake so much and i'm still like every day blown away by that so all right was that the last of our questions ash yes that is all of our questions Okay. Well, let's jump into what we're reading this week. Uh, This week, I read both parts of the Butcher of the Bay duet by Jay Bree. That was wonderful. I love Illy and Odie's love story. I don't know why it took me so long to read it, because I am obsessed with Hannaford Prep. So, obviously, I know I would love those stories. Um, I also read Run Riot by Colette Rhodes, uh, because Ashley demanded that I read it. Uh, (laughs) It was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, And then I also read the Heart Hassle series by Raven Kennedy because Sarah demanded that I read it. And then also it's Raven Kennedy. So I was planning on reading it anyway. Um, And that was wonderful. It was a very nice. um, In fact, like the mood of Heart Hassle is very similar to the Emerald Lake series in that it's like very lighthearted. There's a lot of comedic relief built in uh, and it has a very like plot driven uh, series. So I really enjoyed it. This week, I am planning on reading the final book in the Hemlock Academy series by Kelsey Salise, and I'm also starting the Curse of the Gods series by Jamin Eve. I've been meaning to start that for a while, so I'm excited about that. How about you, Ash? Uh, So this week I read Run Riot, the first book in the Saving Grace series by Colette Rhodes. It was so amazing, and if you have any interest in religious cults, this book is for you. It's the first book in the series, and it's all that's released right now, Um, so you're going to have to wait for the rest of the books, but it's worth it. It's slow burn, but that tension, oh, 
amazing and riot so adorable um i inhaled the three books that are out currently in the plated prisoner series by raven kennedy because sam demanded that i read that <laughs> um <laughs> and i loved it i can't wait for more of it like slade oh slade. when he slade when he's like talking dirty to her like yes please more um, I blazed through the second book in Lix Robinson's Viking Omegaverse series. It's Taming the Wolves. She really picked up the spice in this one, and the story is so plot-driven. It's amazing. Her descriptions of the world are beautiful, and I honestly think it deserves more credit. Um, I know that people have been apprehensive based on the cover art, and she is a digital artist, and she does that art herself, and I think it's amazing. It should be a graphic novel. Um, so if you haven't read that yet, pick it up. I can't get enough Omegaverse, um, and it's just amazing. This week, I plan on finally reading Catching Kaylin, which I unfortunately didn't get to this week because I was so engrossed in all these fantasy Omegaverse and paranormal romances. Um, so sorry about that, Britt. <laughs> oh, that's okay. You've read some awesome books. I want to check out that Viking Omegaverse. That sounds really interesting. Oh my gosh, Britt. It's so, so good. <laughs> I love it. You're going to love it, it if you're watching uh, Vikings. Yeah, I just um, started watching that for the first time ever last night. I was like 15 minutes in, I'm like braiding my hair. <laughs> Yeah, Lagertha is just, uh, she's just goals. Yes. Um, do you guys want to know what so I'm what are reading? You reading? Yeah, okay. Um, so right now I'm on the second book of a series by Karina Hale. Uh, the first book's called Black Sunshine. The second one is The Blood is Love, and it's a vampire story that is so good. Um, there may even be, like, beast fucking in it. Ooh! Like, while he's a I beast. I might read this. While he's a beast. Mm. So, just mark that down. Add that to the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, last week, I, I read all of the Sinful Secret books uh, by Ella James. The fourth one is coming out at the end of this month. They're all standalones. The first three are MF, but the fourth one is uh, MM uh, Step Brothers, and it's called Wrath. I'm, I'm interested already. <laughs> oh my gosh, they were so good. Just so, so good. And uh, the, the book that's called Covet is very unique because it's about um, like this remote island. Um, and it, it honestly reminded me of like the movie The Village, where people are like, you know, there's no internet, there's no, nothing's like current or up to date, but this professional baseball player goes to this island and it's like a love story. It's very weird, oh. but a good weird. Like I, I absolutely loved it. Very unique. I appreciate a good weird. I know. Absolutely. It's just like, you know, sometimes you want something a little different and that delivered. So. All right. Uh, Britt, you want to promo your social medias and tell us what you have coming up? Yeah, so right now I have three pre-orders up um, for Sleepy Hollow that's coming out in October. And then I have uh, The Magic of Eternity that's slated for the end of September. And The Demons of Port Black, book 
one, which will be like sometime around New Year's Eve. So, you know, you guys can find me on Instagram. You can find me, I guess the easiest way would just be to go to my website, which is BrittAndrewsAuthor.com. And you can find all of my links there, including the link to my Etsy shop that has all kinds of little Emerald Lake swag items, um, t-shirts, keychains, stickers, and eventually signed books again. <laughs> so, yeah. And if you're you're not already, um, oh, I actually have four books up for pre-order. Battling Baker, which is the second book co-write um, gay romance with Maya Nicole. And... If you're not in my Facebook reader group yet, you should really check that out. Uh, Britt Andrews, Magical Misfits. It's a lot of fun. It's a a lot of fun. We laugh a lot. So (laughs) come talk with us. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Britt. We loved having you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sweat and Spice. Please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Join us next week when we discuss the Plated Prisoner series by Raven Kennedy. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We'd love it if you would share our podcast with friends and on social media. If you have any book recommendations, send them our way. And if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode like Brit, reach out. We would love to have you. A special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in this episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!